Lambeau Field plays host to its first major college football game in history when the Wisconsin Badgers and the LSU Tigers meet in the Lambeau Field College Classic on Saturday. To break down the game, we're joined by Bill Bender of the Sporting News. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. and Wisconsin Badgers fans. Welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're getting ready for a big game on Saturday to open the college football season. It's the Lambeau Field College Classic with the Wisconsin Badgers and LSU Tigers meeting for the first major college football game at the stadium. I know they held some minor college football games in the past with St. Norbert College playing there, uh, but this is definitely going to be a fun time. I'm going to be there in person at Lambeau Field. I'm terribly excited for it. So today's episode of Railbird Central is going to be a little more college-focused than you might be used to on this show. Um, If you're looking for a breakdown of the Green Bay Packers, you may want to check out last night's roster prediction episode. We we recorded a special edition just for that occasion if you're looking for that Packers analysis. We're going to talk a little Packers today, but we're going to focus on college football for today's episode and pretty much today's episode only. So bear with us. I hope you'll enjoy it. And we're going to kick things off with an interview we did Uh, with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. So sit in, enjoy, and uh, on Wisconsin. Expert interview. Right now we're talking to Bill Bender of the Sporting News here at Cheesehead TV's Railbird Central. Bill, how you doing today? Hey, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. Glad you could join us on the show today. Uh, Bill, you're, you're a college football writer and also a Packers fan can you kind of tell us how did you become a fan of the Packers and how do you balance that with your work? Oh yeah, I mean it's a, it's I don't know if you guys will find it a funny story, but you know I grew up in Central Ohio, a little south of Columbus, and my mom and dad told me as a kid, you know, I just always pointed at the Packers jersey or the Packers helmet. My dad was more of a Browns fan, but uh, you know, I guess I could have been a Browns or a Bengals fan, but in retrospect, I think I made the right choice. But uh, <laughs> And as far as work, you know, I, I'm objective. I mean, I've covered fantasy football for sporting news. I've covered college. I've, you know, I dabble and do some NFL coverage for us. But, I mean, there's you can separate being a fan versus being a, you know, objective journalist. It's hard sometimes. And, and the thing with Packers fans is, as I've known from growing and knowing some and meeting some at Lambeau, I mean, they're, they're as you would know, they're among the most educated fans in all football. Do you find it difficult to watch the Packers on Sundays when maybe, I don't know, you're working on something, you know, <laughs> left over from the day before with college? Well, you know, when you work as a college writer, I almost treat the Packers as a, a little bit of a release. You know, you get to 
be a fan and remember why you got in the business in the first place. I don't hide it. I don't hide the fact that I'm a Green Bay fan at all because, <laughs> you know, it's it's fun. That's why I got in this business. And, and I do cover, a, you know, the occasional NFL game for sporting news, whether it's the Bengals or Browns. And I think that having that Packers knowledge helps. But, you know, deep down inside, when they're when they're in a playoff game, I mean, I – and you know, some of your listeners might want to cover your ears. I married a Cowboys fan, so you can imagine how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, well, Bill, let's let's talk a little Packers here before digging into some college topics and the game at Lambeau Field this weekend. Um, kind of big news this week. What do you make of the Packers' chances of winning the NFC North after the injury to Minnesota Vikings quarterback Teddy Bridgewater? You know, I thought that it's there's no other way to put it other than you feel bad for the Vikings and Teddy Bridgewater. Apparently all these you know, reports about how nasty and gruesome this injury is because I'm one of those people that as a fan, you want, I want the Packers to beat another team when they're at their best. Um, you know, it obviously probably makes Green Bay the favorite in the division if they weren't already. And as I'm, I'm going to watch, you know, they play the final preseason game. I, I, I really look at it this way as both a fan and a writer. I, it's a one, it feels like one of those Super Bowl or bust years. They don't they they're healthy, uh, barring injuries. You know, Matthews and Peppers are going to play. That there really is no excuse for them not to win the NFC. Kind of climb the ladder, go after Carolina or whoever comes out of the NFC West. Um, all right. Uh, on another kind of NFL related topic here, uh, you know, during all the college football games this weekend, the NFL's kind of got its own thing going on. Roster cutdowns are going to be a big topic on this weekend on Saturday. Uh, but are, are there any guys on the roster bubble you'd kind of like to see the Packers keep? Did you develop any favorites this preseason? I mean, uh, the receivers is always, you know, shuffling those guys. I wanted to see more. Jeff Janis during the preseason unfortunately he got hurt but uh you know I think the roster is pretty pretty solid as it is uh, you know I really like Jared Aberderis I liked him liked his game at Wisconsin I think he stepped in made some plays but um it's funny like the receivers were a concern and as I was joking with a buddy during the playoff game last year I was like you know they almost won the divisional playoff game with who was it James Jones Aberderis and Janice at one point it was basically was it four five six at that point yeah pretty much a bunch of guys were hurt towards the end after Randall Cobb got injured yeah yeah so I mean that that's that's where they have strength and you know I think the best development out of the preseason is seeing Eddie Lacy run the way he is he looks more like a you know I, I do the fantasy football at Sporting News too and he he is worth drafting in the first or late first, early second round. I think he's primed to have a, a nice bounce back here at running back. And, and as you know, and most Packers fans know, when Green Bay can run the ball and run it effectively, uh, they're almost impossible to stop offensively. Yeah, I, I would agree with you right there. If that running game's on the number, uh, <laughs> they'll be tough to stop. Um, a little bit of a comparison and contrast here. What what do you make of the number of preseason games in the NFL compared to having no preseason games in college football? Well, I think it, it adds to the appeal of college to me a little bit because I'm sitting here, you know, getting ready for the opening weekend. You, you, there's so many unknowns, whether it's, you know, something like Alabama's quarterback or Michigan's quarterback or, or how the Badgers will look, and, and, you know, and that you haven't seen them play since the bowl game. I think preseason could probably be cut in half. I mean, I was at the – the debacle in Canton, that was that was one of the strangest <laughs> nights of my life, a preseason. I, I had never covered a Packers game in my life 
getting ready to cover my first Packers game, and, and I joked with my wife. I was like, of course they canceled it. So it, it was one of the craziest nights of my life. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That That is pretty interesting. That's too bad you didn't get to see a game. Um, we're talking to Bill Bender of the Sporting News here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Uh, Bill, all right, let's talk about this this college football game at Lambeau Field this weekend. What do you think of that? Uh, I, You know, I've heard some people express they'd rather see LSU and Wisconsin play a home-and-home home series at their on-campus stadiums. Yeah, I'm more of a fan of the home-and-homes, too. Uh, you know, I just there's so many good games in college football right now with this college football playoff era. I, I think the, the Lambeau field angle is pretty awesome. Personally, it'll be awesome to see two college teams go at it, two really – you know, pretty good ones too. But, uh, you know, that, to me there's no substitute for the home and home. If they would get them down to Camp Randall and then go down to Baton Rouge. But here's how, here's the kicker, though, with that. When the SEC and Big Ten play, I think the Big Ten team should have to go down the first week of the season. But when the SEC team comes back up, why not try it in November, you know, when it's a little <laughs> bit colder? Yeah, I like that as well. And, and I do like the game at Lambeau Field. I, I guess maybe I wish maybe they would have added the – the home and home on top of that or something like that. Maybe that would have been a, a good compromise perhaps. Um, but getting to this, this game in particular, you know, how much of a freak is LSU running back Leonard Fournette? And, and do the Badgers have a chance of stopping him? Well, I remember when he first was getting recruited and I, I did one of those stories about him and talked to one of these recruiting experts and he was kind of comparing him to Adrian Peterson. And I was kind of like, Whatever, man. Come on. You're kidding. <laughs> and then, you know, last year, starting to watch him, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, he might be just like Adrian Peterson. And obviously, as a Packers fan, you've seen him run for years against the Packers. You know you know the deal there. And he's really that good. Um, I know he had a disappointing start to his career against Wisconsin. They shut him down. But uh, he's as good as they come. But, you know, the good news for Wisconsin is they've got a pretty good running back coming back, too, had an in, a lot of injuries last season, but I think Corey Clement kind of maybe didn't pay enough attention to him this summer because I think he could have a big year. Yeah, I mean, on on that topic, I mean, do you think the Badger offense has a chance of keeping pace with LSU? I, I know LSU is probably, you know, they have a better defense than their offense, but, you know, I think a lot of people just in general think LSU is the better team. I mean, they're a 10-point favorite. Yeah, LSU's got a ton of NFL talent. They, they do, and I, I think that spread looks a little high. Uh, Wisconsin, if they can control the clock a little bit, make it ugly, and uh, make life difficult for LSU's quarterback. I mean, that's the big question with LSU, really what's holding them back from you know being right there with Alabama as a national championship contender. And uh, if Wisconsin can do that, make it an ugly game, I think it could be very similar to the game they played two years ago, even though that's a game Wisconsin and as better stands, no, they, they really should have beat LSU two years ago. I know it's what it could have, should have. They had that game in the bag, and then they blew the big lead in the second half. Yeah, they absolutely should have won that game two years ago. Bill, but before we let you go, uh, I know you have a, kind of a college football swing through Texas this weekend. Can you tell us what's on tap for you? Because I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a weekend, man. I, you know, I'm starting out at Baylor on Friday night. Uh, you know, just to see, they've obviously had a rough off season just to see their debut. And then Jerry World on Saturday for kind of a main event type game between USC and Alabama. Um, and then Sunday, swinging over and, you know, my company 
blessed that they're letting me do this, go to Notre Dame, Texas. So for me, it's to see, you know, four blue blood programs in two nights, uh, not a lot of big 10 connections there, but that's fine. I mean, I'll be up in, you know, I'm based out of Ohio. So I'll see a lot of the big 10 schools during the year. And I think the first time I'll see the Badgers this year is when they go to the big house. And uh, there's, they have this coach that I write about occasionally named Jim Harbaugh that we all know about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we know all about Jim Harbaugh. Uh, very cool. Uh, do, you don't have to go into any detail here, but do, do you have a, a playoff uh uh, a national champion prediction or a, uh, you, you know, the, the four teams in the playoff prediction? Yeah, I mean, we went chalky for now. I mean, we went with Clemson and Alabama and Oklahoma and Ohio State. I know Oklahoma and Ohio State play, but I still think Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten because of the quarterback and the talent that Urban Meyer's been able to stockpile there. So that's those are boring picks, and I think we had, a you know, an Alabama-Clemson rematch in the title game, but – as you know, things happen, unexpected things uh, along the way, and that's what makes college football so good. Yeah. Well, Bill, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Greatly appreciate it. Have fun covering those games this weekend, and uh, uh, enjoy the Packers season, all right? Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Once again, that's Bill Bender of the Sporting News joining us here at Cheesehead TV's Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. And our, pal, our, our Badgers college football-themed episode here, basically what I'm going to do here is give you a blueprint to victory for the Wisconsin Badgers. Of course, they are 10-point underdogs by the Vegas spread. Um, so, you know, everybody knows that the odds are the Badgers are going to lose. I'm going to be cheering for them to win. Uh, and here's how I think if it's going to happen, this is how it has to happen. So I'm going to give you five kind of keys to the game here uh, in which... The Badgers come away victorious from Lambeau Field on Sunday. Number one, the Wisconsin Badgers offensive line has to grow up in a hurry, and especially so in light of the so-called retirement by Dan Volts that just happened. We're talking about a college kid here who had to you know, basically quit football because of injuries. Use the term retirement however you will. And that that was unfortunate for Volts because I think he was a really good player. I mean, this was a guy some expected to not just be a, a starter for the Badgers offensive line. He was a guy some expected to be an All-American. So, so that really hurts. The Badgers were young on the offensive line last year. So it's it's good that most of them now have a year under their belts, but they're still young this year without a single senior starter on the offensive line. And new left tackle Ryan Ramchick is an interesting case. After two years of playing Division Three football at UW-Stevens Point, he makes the jump up to FBS-level play, and that's a big jump. I think it was great that he redshirted last year to get him ready, but his first test is going to be a huge one protecting Bart Houston's blind side. Uh, so he's going to really, I think, be one to watch because, I mean, that's that's a, a chasm of a jump from Division Three to 
you know, major college football, Division One FBS level play. Although, hey, we've seen a guy on the Green Bay Packers roster right now make that jump at Joe Callahan, and he's doing pretty well. So with, with Ramchick getting a red shirt year to kind of practice against Division One players, uh, I think that's good. And I've heard nothing but good things about him, people raving about him, actually. So uh, that's a good thing, and hopefully he's up to the task of protecting Bart Houston, uh, which we'll get to more to in a second. Uh, key number two, Badgers running back Corey Clement has to be good, and I think he will. Uh, now, he doesn't have to be as good as Lo- Leonard Fournette. Few <laughs> few running backs are. But Clement kind of has to pick up where guys like Monte Ball and Melvin Gordon left off. And, and those guys had great college careers. Uh, Melvin Gordon is hopefully going to go on to a very good NFL career. Monte Ball had a good NFL career for a very short while out in Denver. It unfortunately kind of ended not the way he wanted it to, I'm sure. Uh, But anyway, you'll remember when Corey Clement played in, in just those few games he played last year after coming back from the injury. I, I think the difference between him and the rest of the backs on the Badgers roster was noticeable. And that was with Clement being less than 100%. Now that he's hopefully healthy, he's got to be ready to carry the load. And like I said, you know, he's not Leonard Fournette. Don't expect him to be. But if he can be just, you know, on par with those other Badgers running backs, and I think at 100% health, Corey Clement can do that. I mean, you got to get like a hundred yard day out of him and a couple touchdowns, hopefully more than a hundred yards. Um, and while we're on the topic of Corey Clement, kind of a, a little bit of a tangent here, but still related, the coaching staff hopefully has learned from the mistakes of that 2014 loss to LSU, also at a Remember, that game was back at Houston's NFL Stadium. And namely, only using Melvin Gordon sparingly in the second half. Now, I'm not saying Gordon, or in this case Clement, needs to take 100% of the snaps or carries or whatever, however you want to say that. But he has to get, say, more than three quarters of them if the game is close. Gary Anderson really mismanaged that game. That that was the beginning of the end for Gary Anderson with the Wisconsin Badgers uh, because he, he really, you know, the, the Packers had uh, White at the time as well. At, at Pardon me, the Badgers had White, uh, James White at the time, also at running back. And, and they had, a, a, did they have a, a young Corey Clement at the time? But I mean, Melvin Gordon, at you know being a more experienced running back, he should have been the one getting the bulk of the carries, the large bulk. You gotta like have him in like nine out of ten plays, especially when when the game is like in question at the very end. And the the Badgers only gave him a handful of carries. That was that was the biggest mistake I've seen from a coaching staff in a long time, and compounded. By the fact that they went with Tanner McAvoy at quarterback over Joel Stave. And 
By no means do I think Joel Stave was a great quarterback for the Wisconsin Badgers, but I'll tell you what, he was a heck of a lot better than Tanner McAvoy, and this whole thing about the yips, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't even know if I really believe it, to tell you the truth. Maybe he had some struggles, but all they needed was a Joel Stave-esque performance that 2014 game against LSU to come away with the victory. And, you know, the Joel Stave, it was over his time at UW, was hit or miss. All he needed was a hit or miss game from him, basically. It, you know, kind of that game, you know, just where he's, you know, an, an average quarterback. If, if they got average quarterback play that game, they win. They got below average play from Tanner McAvoy and lost. So that was a big disappointment. Hopefully, this coaching staff learns from both those mistakes both at running back and quarterback, that that debacle in LSU two years ago. I, I'm never forgiving Gary Anderson for that one. Uh, good guy. Uh, I can't fault Gary Anderson for that. But his coaching decisions that game were as questionable as I've ever seen uh, a football coach at any level. Um you know the getting back to the the running backs here. The the Badgers have Dare Ogunbowale, and he looks like he could be a good kind of third down back, especially good as a receiver out of the backfield. I think that's where he's at his best. And they have Taiwan Deal as kind of a short yardage specialist. Those guys can play on on Saturday, but they can't be playing a lot. Corey Clement has to play the bulk of the game for the Badgers to come away with the victory because I do think Corey Clement is pretty good. An NFL caliber back, I think. Um, Although coming off his injury obviously needs a lot to prove there. All right, key number three, uh, quarterback. The Badgers don't need Bart Houston to be Russell Wilson. He just needs to be a game manager much like several former Badgers quarterbacks were, like Daryl Bevel, like Jim Sorge, like John Stocko. These were all guys that really managed the game very well. And they're smart guys. You know, Daryl Bevel obviously being an offensive coordinator in the NFL right now. Jim Sorge winning a Super Bowl ring is the backup to Peyton Manning on those Colts, uh, that Colts Super Bowl team. Uh, John Stocko being one of the uh, all-time passing leaders at the University of Wisconsin. Those those guys just did it with smarts, and, and Houston has to be like them. Bart Houston needs to be as efficient as possible. And the biggest thing is avoiding interceptions, especially multiple interceptions. You'll remember in his one extended look against Illinois last season, Houston did a fair job but he threw two INTs and the Badgers still won that game. I can't see that happening this time around, especially with a secondary like LSU has. Cornerback Tredavious White and safety Jamal Adams, those guys are Jim Thorpe Award candidates. And Houston has to keep the ball away from them. He's probably not going to get a whole lot of touchdown passes. If he does, I think that's great. But more than anything, he's got to avoid the INTs or fumbling, 
turnovers in general. The Badgers really got to stay away from that and just be efficient. If they can get the the tight end to be a big part of the game, like many Badger teams in the past, that would be great. Um, so if Bart Houston can find find the tight end, uh, that would be great. And anything that uh, you know that the 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 wide receivers have, like Robert Wheelwright and Jazz Peavy. That's just gravy. All right, key number four, switching to the defensive side of the football. On defense, the the biggest thing is for the Badgers pass rush to put regular pressure on the inexperienced LSU tackles and force Brandon Harris into some mistakes. I think this is the so-called chink in the armor for LSU where tackles, uh, or expected tackles at least, Toby Weatherby, and Maya Tuahema, I'm sorry, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Both of them, though, are first-time starters at tackle for LSU. Uh, Tuahema, I believe, was was a starter at guard last year, but he's kicking out to tackle for the first time. And Weatherby, a first-time starter. So that's that's where the weakness is going to be, I think, at least game one, week one, for this LSU team until these guys, you know, get some experience under their belt, maybe the Badgers could take advantage and that mean that means Vince Beagle has to dominate. And and if Vince Beagle wants to show, wants to prove he's the next Joe Schobert deserving of being drafted in the middle rounds of the NFL draft, then this is a big stage for Vince Beagle and and hopefully he just, you know, picks up, not just picks up where he left off last year, but takes it up a notch and really forces Brandon Harris into some mistakes because Brandon Harris, you know, he's, he's kind of this, he's gotten a lot of criticism there at LSU, much like, much like Joel Stave had gotten at Wisconsin, Brandon Harris, he's kind of the same guy in terms of never really putting things together there, turning the ball over. Um, there's been times he's played well, but, you know, I think he can be forced into some mistakes. And, and it's tough because um, uh, they, they have a really good wide receiver core there in LSU. And, and maybe Jack Sitchie will reprise his performance in the bowl game when he had three sacks. If he can, you know, add a little bit of a pass rush uh, during this game, uh, that, would, that would be a bonus. And, hey, maybe it's time for T.J. Watt to emerge, you know, his brother JJ, we all know JJ Watt. It, it, it's it's almost hard to think back this far now, but JJ Watt was a late bloomer. You remember he he was a transfer from the Central Michigan program. Did nothing there as a, as a freshman. Uh, transferred to the Badgers and and really you know did very little early in his Badgers career. And then he got some experience, and then he started dominating. He was a late bloomer. It's just seeing how big and huge J.J. Watt is now. It's it's weird to call him a late bloomer, but he was. And so I'm hoping, hoping and praying T.J. Watt will will follow that same path. Um, obviously, he hasn't done anything yet. There's a lot to prove. I'm not saying he's going to be the next J.J. Watt, but you know if. If the Badgers are going to win, they, they need help. And hopefully it comes from, from Beagle, from Sitchi, from Watt, from anybody else providing a pass rush and forcing Brandon Harris into mistakes. And that's only going to help 
the Badgers cornerbacks because they're overmatched from both a size and a talent standpoint. These LSU receivers, Malachi Dupree uh, and Travin Durrell, they're great. They're really good. Uh, so if, you know, I, I, I they're going to win the battle between the wide receivers and the cornerbacks more often than not. But the, bad, the Badgers have to win the battle with the pass rush versus the passer. Um, and if they can do that, that will help them win. All right, key number number five here. Uh, you have to just keep Leonard Fournette from going bananas. He, he, he can have a 100-yard game, and the Badgers can still win. But I don't know if Leonard Fournette can have a 200-yard game, and the Badgers can still win. The good thing is that the Badgers have a pretty good front seven. I m- mentioned some of those guys already, like Vince Beagle. So they may be able to limit the damage done by Fournette. But, you know, it, it's not like some teams couldn't do that last year. Alabama obviously did it. And, and maybe you want to take that as an outlier because Alabama is just on another level. But Arkansas did it, holding Fournette to less than 100 yards. Even Western Kentucky they held Leonard Fournette to nearly a yard less than his season average. He averaged like six and a half yards a carry during that Western Kentucky game. They held him to like five and a half yards per carry. If the Badgers can just do what Western Kentucky did last season, that gives them a chance. Just hold Leonard Fournette in. Don't let him run wild. He's going to run. He's going to get his. Just don't let him, you know, have that 200-yard game. You know, keep him in check. Uh, so that's going to be a big key to the game. Finally, your one key on special teams for the Badgers, no big mistakes on special teams. No kick returns for touchdowns, no blocked punts, anything like that. Now, if the Badgers can do these things, that'll be a bonus. Uh, if they can return a kick for a touchdown, great. If they can, uh, if they can block a punt, it, you know that'll be great. But but it's more important for them to avoid these things to themselves. Um, it's going to be a tough game. I know they're going to break in a new punter. Um, but so just as long as those guys avoid the mistakes, they'll be fine on special teams. Just just kind of want to draw there with LSU. But if they can do all these other things putting the pass rush on, getting a good game from Corey Clement. The running game's got to be gangbusters for the Badgers to win. If they can avoid the turnovers, if if Bart Houston can pass with efficiency, that gives them a chance. That gives them a chance. There is your blueprint to victory for the Badgers if they're going to come away with a win versus a top five team in the nation. I think they can do it. But there's no margin for error. No margin for error in this game. And uh, that leads us to... The day ahead. All right, so there's a big day ahead on Saturday with the game between Wisconsin and LSU kicking off at 2.30 p.m. Central Time, televised on ABC. And then also, same day, the Packers needing to trim the roster to at least 53 players by 3 o'clock p.m. on Saturday. I'm sure there's some of you out there that'll be following both, and that's a pretty good way to spend a Saturday, if you ask me. Uh, The honorary captains for the game will be former Packers, 
Mark Tauscher representing Wisconsin, and Hall of Famer Jim Taylor representing LSU. So that should be a cool moment, and this should be a fun game. Enjoy it, folks. Enjoy your weekend, your Labor Day weekend, your Saturday, following roster cuts, following uh, the Badgers, hopefully winning this game. Uh, it, it pains me to say I'm going to predict the, uh, you know, picking with my head and not my heart. Uh, the official prediction is LSU to win 27-17. to 17. I'm going right with that 10-point spread. If you can get the Badgers at anything above 10 points, I'd say go with it. Um, but uh, as it is, I've got uh, LSU winning by 10, and I hope, I hope and pray I am wrong. I'm going to be... You, 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 I'm going to be there at the game with my red and white on, uh, with my cardinal and white on, and uh, cheering them on, hopefully, to victory. So that'll do it for today's episode, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, my call to action, as always, as usual, if you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. Uh, if you could do us a solid, go to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV, give us that five-star rating and a brief little review doesn't have to be anything long. We'd greatly appreciate it, uh, because it helps us get word out about the show. Like I said, folks, have a good weekend. We'll see you again next week off for Labor Day. We'll be back next Wednesday previewing the Green Bay Packers season opener against Jacksonville. So see you then. And for today on Wisconsin. We'll see you later, folks. For everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caravu. I leave you today with a song called Mauna Boa by the String Cheese Incident on Sci Fidelity Records. Go Pack Go!